0: Welcome to another edition of the GOAT Zoom Room. I am Andy Villanueva, and Caitlin Free will not be here. She is doing some work for Twin Spires, apparently, and she didn't tell me until today, so that's fine. That's why we have two ladies from the X Factor Racing Podcast, Uh, Oh Hey It's Nance, and Carson Dennis on with us who is Rogue Wolf 007 and we have a real special guest. I reached out to him the moment he broke he won his first ever grade two stake race at Penn National the other day and it is Tyler Connor and first off congratulations. Wow what a summer winning the grade two Penn Mile stakes and what type of feeling was that?
1: Yeah. Thank you. Uh, um, honestly, it didn't really hit me that hard, uh, just cause it was kind of a busy night and I had to kind of stay focused on, you know, what was next. Um, and maybe cause it was more of a shocker than anything. It, I was, uh, I didn't get real emotional. Um, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, but it was really cool. Um, obviously everything worked out in my favor and, um, the horse handled the soft going really, really well.
0: You've, uh, you had a night that night, didn't you? Yeah. 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 It was it was three a races finished second, twice, third, uh, once a fourth. Um, some, some writers would consider that a career, a career month.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Career night, uh, month. Yeah. I mean, for me, especially, um, not riding a lot of stake races and stuff and, um, you know, having the chance to ride five on a card and, um, running one, two or three in all of them, um, was, really cool um and just a very positive night really all all night long
0: so you know you kind of hit you kind of hit our radar well you hit my radar last year because we were discussing some stuff on twitter regarding riders and and all of that but how did you get what caught your bug
1: uh like you mean what do you, what do you mean what got it like the, in, like in what, racing what, in general
0: like how, how did you get started in it? I mean, when oh, you start knowing um, that's what you wanted to do. Uh,
1: I, I never really wanted to do it. Honestly, um, I w- was just like working as a groom for my father who trained. Um, and I honestly, I, I quit high school and I got hurt riding motorcycles and kind of just needed a job that was going to pay more than grooming. Um, and they always wanted me to ride my mom rode and was a steward and stuff. So they obviously wanted me to, to be in the business. Um, so I kind of figured I would just try it um, and it's worked out fairly well so far. Um, so yeah, that was just, it was kind of just like a gamble, I guess, type of thing. But um, like I said, I was born in the in the in- industry, so it made it a little easier.
0: How, how did you, how does, how does that work out though? I mean, you know, you got um, a mom who was a writer, so like, for me, my sister my sister used to write back in the nineties. So I couldn't tell her anything when it came to writing, right? It was just like yeah. I would watch I would watch racery plays and even if I saw something that I thought was okay, she would be like, uh, you're wrong. And then right. how how does it go with your mom? Because I mean, your mom basically was a writer. So how much input does she have?
1: Um, she didn't like she's always like kind of, she had like very good hands and like everybody told me she was a good rider. I never got to watch just because she quit, um, like the year I was born. So, um, yeah, she just kind of told me how to do things or, or whatever, but it never was super hands-on because, um, my parents were divorced at the time. So, or they still are, but they were already divorced. So I didn't, uh, wasn't around her a whole lot when I first started riding. Um, but always give me tips or you know tell me what to do here, what to do, not to do there. Um, and my dad actually taught me how to gallop. Really, uh, he galloped for Michael Dickinson back in the day. Um, so he kind of taught me the ropes and everything. And then my current agent helped me a lot with race riding and technique and stuff.
0: So was your dad was your dad around the uh, Haas?
1: Yes. Yeah. My dad trained on a farm for a long time and he used to swim horses for Michael. Um, He would swim like the Haas and, you know, tap it and all those kind of horses at the farm. He would bring him, you know, a couple of times a week. Um, So, yeah, he knew that horse well.
0: And uh, you mentioned motorcycle riding. Uh, Was that was that like your full blown passion? Because I know like on your Twitter Twitter account, you got a motorcycle guy jumping up in the air. So
1: that, that was me. Yeah. Uh, that's me actually. Um, yeah, I, uh, it still is my passion. Honestly, it's, it's what I love. Um, it kind of keeps life fun outside of work. Uh, so I don't get too burnt out. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up racing motorcycles my whole life. It's all I ever did. Um, like 11 years or so until I got hurt a couple of times. Um, and I quit, you know, uh, for a few years while riding horses, but now I'm kind of back into it, and like I said, keeping life fun and getting away from horses when I need to.
0: And uh, do you just uh, do, you do the? Do you just do the like the normal riding, or do you go out and you do like the dirt bike? Riding? It's uh,
1: motocross, yeah, dirt bikes and stuff. Um, I ride street bikes and stuff too, also. Um, but yep. yeah, it's um, motocross. I just race and you know ride, have fun um as a you know when I can when I have days off and things
0: Con- uh, oh, Connor uh Carson Nancy
2: yes how are you <laughs> uh I was one curious question I had
3: to the race and, races and stuff but i want to know one thing different in riding the motocross versus riding the horses in a race do you feel like you get more anxious with the horse i know that uh, you step back from the motocross as far as uh you know gravitating towards uh your family history and stuff and also a tiny bit safer maybe than the motocross but do you feel like you get more anxious with the horse races
2: than uh, you
1: did with I- the motocross it depends on the horse race, uh, the big races, obviously you're going to feel pressure and, uh, you know, things like that, but on a day-to-day basis, no, uh, I don't get very nervous on a horse typically, um, uh, motocross racing. I get very nervous most of the time. Um, it's just kind of different. It's a little more intense on a motorcycle. So it's kind of, uh, there's more variables I feel like. So I think that's why, and the heart rate is a lot higher in general, um, doing that um so i think that's why but on a horse i'm typically pretty calm unless it's a, a wild one but oh uh, or like i said a big race get you get you going a little bit but um the horses are definitely i think more relaxing
2: very nice and i have
3: to ask now um is it yamaha kawasaki honda uh,
1: oh, I ride a, K- a ktm yeah the oh, okay. european brand yeah
2: yeah very nice <laughs> I think the European horses are better uh, in the Breeders' Cup. Um,
3: for the um, last weekend, you had, well, first of all, your 25% win percentage, which is amazing. And your hat trick with the stakes races last weekend, but you won on an 83 to one, and then you also rode a 70 to one, a second place, and you hit the board in all three races. On your last race, is going through your mind that you, you look at the board before you go out on the track and you're, you're seeing the odds of or what people are anticipating out of your horse and from you as a rider? Does that affect you going onto the track, especially in the bigger races? Or are you trying not to look at... uh, uh
1: No, I actually look at odds a lot. Um, when I make like 80 to 1, I don't feel any pressure, which is great. I can kind of do my thing and do the best I can um when i'm like two to five i i don't typically like it unless i really like the horse um so yeah i mean i always look at the odds and stuff i didn't realize i was like 80 some to one or whatever in the 30s i ran second in but uh, i probably should have been on paper um but yeah odds i mean they, they affect your mind a little bit um i think like i said when you're a heavy favorite you maybe second guess things a little more than when you're not um, so I, I kind of prefer riding long shots at, at those kind of things, just cause there is less pressure and I think maybe less expected of you.
0: And what do you, what do you, um, what, what, yeah. what's your preferred style as far as a horse? Do you like to be on the motor or do you like to be further back or do you want to be able to have them settle in and just make one run?
1: Uh, I love a horse that'll settle, like just off the pace. If I can like sit in a pocket or, you know, just sit behind the leader somewhere, um, and give a horse a target. Uh, I really like that. And I think if, you know, if you watch me ride a lot, that's kind of how I ride most horses. Um, a, a deep closer does, you know, fit me very well, but I don't typically like doing that because of traffic problems and, you know, getting dirty and having to find a good trip. Um, so I really like sitting just behind the speed if possible and, you know, letting my horse settle in and be comfortable, but saying that a speed horse is probably the most fun horse to ride, um, long as it doesn't need to lead. Um, but a a really fast horse that keeps running is, is a lot
2: of fun. Uh, Thoughts when you go in the gate. Sorry, what was that? Connor. I'm yeah.
0: sorry. Not, I think, I thought Nancy w- was going to talk and then she disappeared. Uh, yeah. Connor. It's kind of breaking up a little bit, maybe. Um, what do you, you kind of have really quiet hands. Uh, yes. So you have really, really quiet hands. Um, was that something that you took from your mom or was it from your jock agent or. Uh,
1: I I think kind of everybody really like that was my mom too. She was very, uh, handy on a horse, very strong, but could, um, you know, could get a horse to settle. I think it just may be natural. Um, I think it has a lot to do with not being scared of them and kind of showing them that you trust them, I guess. Um, so yeah, I think I just kind of, it's more natural than anything. I guess you could teach it, but I think you have to have a good horse sense and, and just be, just be quiet in general, which I am. So um yeah, like I think it's more natural than anything, honestly.
0: Do you um do you mind mentioning your agent?
1: Oh yeah, Marty Salvaggio. Um, okay. he's who That's I started cool. with and he's who I he represent represents me now still. Um he's um the brother of Mark and Mike Salvaggio, the trainers. So it's all kind of a good little fit.
0: It's kind of like a family, the whole family, dynamic. yeah
1: it works out well, yeah, and we're good friends, so it's even better
0: so did you did you start doing this when you were in in high school college were you growing uh, up? no
1: i uh I never sat on a horse I was like twenty um and it was like two thousand and thirteen and it's two thousand and thirteen um I actually dropped out of high school junior year and got my g e d um and you know life didn't really work out but so, yeah, I just started riding horses then. But, yeah, I was 20 years old before I sat on a horse for the first time.
2: That's really
3: incredible. What, that's amazing. Uh, you have obviously have some given talent from the genetics, and you've clearly been around lots of uh, successful racehorses. Is there a, a current racehorse in training or actively running that you have not ridden that you would like to ride?
1: Uh, a lot of them, all, all the fast ones, the good ones, uh, look like a lot of fun. Um, like you know, flight line and horses like that. Um, right, there's yeah, obviously numerous. If given the chance, I'd love to ride them, but um, yeah, like a horse like that looks like a ton of fun. Flight line, he just fast, never stops. Um, and it probably feels like you're galloping when you're riding him. So,
3: very cool. That would be a fun ride. And I know that obviously, Pin National is your favorite track, or at least you're most successful with your uh, win percentage there. Is there another track that you like to ride at? I've seen you at Gulfstream before and also at, um, Santa Anita and, uh, in Delaware now this week, but is there a track that you would like to do or a specific race you'd like to ride in or a goal for your career?
1: Um, yeah, I wouldn't say Penn's my favorite. It's just home and it's where I make my living. So that's why I'm here. Um, but I would love to ride the Kentucky circuit, honestly, maybe not Turfway so much, but Um, Keeneland and Churchill I think are like bucket list type stuff and if the chance ever arises I'd love to um, you know move there and make a career there instead Um, it seems like real horse country and good riders good horsemen and things like that Um, and my style of riding more more or less than anything Um, Mm -hmm. so that's where I would love to end up if you know my career you know I keep going I guess.
3: It's very cool. So, in your career, you're almost to the 1,000th win. Do you have something in mind as how you're going to celebrate that milestone?
1: Um, no, nothing really. Might just have a you know party with friends and stuff, but nothing. I'm not real celebratory, anyways. Um, it's something I've you know I want to do. Obviously, everybody wants to as a rider, but um, no, it's not like a a huge deal to me. Um, but yeah, probably just something small with family and friends.
2: Very nice.
3: And then after, um, jockey career, I don't know, you know, obviously we have jockeys riding up into their fifties. So I'm not saying that there is an into this jockey career for you. You're obviously started out, um, you know, seven year, or I'm sorry, I don't even know what year it is anymore. COVID has blanked my time timeframe. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> nine years ago. And you're, it's obviously taken to it quite well. Is there another discipline that you would consider in, um, the competitive sport horse range? Other
1: than uh, being a jockey um no, I don't think so. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. super interested in anything else horse wise honestly um, you
3: like to speed at least
1: <laughs> yeah, like at least riding them like it's a little more uh, I like to go fast on anything, so uh, it's a little more adrenaline, I guess um, and I don't really want to jump a horse over a Fence and water and all that crazy stuff. I don't really trust them enough. I don't think, and yeah. you fall a lot, so I don't really want to do that more than I have to. Um,
3: right, you jump the motocross, but not the ponies. I got it. Yeah, that's a little
1: more of my control, so I guess that's why. <laughs> okay.
2: So what if you
0: were to if you were to? So I don't want to put you on the spot, but you you kind of opened the door a little bit, so I got to ask. Yeah would your agent come with you to Kentucky or would you find a Kentucky agent or would you do something like maybe like maybe send a message to Jose Santos Jr. And say, yo, I want to be part of Santos Inc. Or would you just make sure that your agent came with you?
1: Uh, no, my agent's not willing he's older. He's not really willing to move. So like he's has a home and family here. So. Um he would definitely stay here. Um, I've actually thought about hitting up Jose, um, when the time is right, uh, he seemed to do a very good job and wins everywhere in the country. So, uh, I've thought about hitting him up eventually, but I would definitely find a Kentucky agent or uh, a New York agent or something like that, that has business, um, you know, anywhere in the country that, uh, could be able to put me on winners.
0: Um, I, I think, uh, I, th- I don't think you could go wrong with Jose, to be honest. Yeah, he
1: does a very good job. Yeah, he, he knows his stuff. He hustles. Um, and like I said, he finds winners everywhere he goes, it seems like. So, um, yeah, definitely an option.
0: And he's not He's not. – we're not endorsing him. We just I, – I, I've just seen what he's done, especially, like, with ReLU.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: you know, Relu, ReLU's always had, like, a ton of talent. His, yeah, for sure. Never was able to to get out of Finger Lakes and, you know, the more. Yep. So. No, it, it's tough.
1: Yeah, I've tried it. So I, I know. And like I said, it just – Jose's done a hell of a job turning his career around, it seems like. And obviously they're a good team. And Ray Lou is willing to travel all over the place um, whenever he has to. So, but um, it's a, a good team.
0: When When you do make that transition – Um, and you said you've done it before. What, what's the biggest obstacle? Is it that people don't know you? Is it people that are that, you know, what, what is it? Because I mean, I've, I've been a jockey agent a long time ago and it was always about connections. So I'm going to guess that part of it is that, but what else?
1: Um, yeah, like when I went to California, I had a a good agent. He was older, but he represented Kent and, you know, Gary Gary Gomez or, or Garrett, sorry. And, you know, it had a bunch of top name riders. Um, So he's done well and he knew everybody and was good with everybody. But um, going from Penn national to Saint Anita, no matter how many races you win, they don't know who you are. So um, that was a big issue. They don't trust you. They don't know, you know, how good you are. And even they give you chances and um, it doesn't always work out. So they kind of, second-guess you a lot, it seems like. Um, And if you don't catch that break that you need, then uh, you kind of never get going, which I think was my problem. Um, The first race I won in California was a grade three, and it didn't seem to help me whatsoever in the grand scheme of things. Um, So, yeah, just catching the right breaks, I guess, really. Um, Connections can mean a lot, but if you don't win when you need to, um, it gets real tough.
0: I always I always found it frustrating. Um one of the Sorry.
1: things
0: one of the things that I remember when I was uh working for Jude Feld was he had Veal Vin and she just won a grade at stakes race. And uh a his assistant said he ha if he doesn't if he doesn't start getting clients now, he'll always be with the same clients. He won't yep. he'll never branch out because right, right. now it's and I think a lot of it has to do the same way with the, with the uh, jockeys as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You have to find the right people at the right time. And you, know, you can't just be stuck in kind of your normal business, I guess. You got to ride for everybody and, um, like I said, catch the, the right breaks. Uh, I, I won on a horse and got taken off. I, I won a great stake on a horse and got taken off the next start. So um, it's all about owners. And the name you have is very tough to, to change, I guess. Um, on a big circuit, especially, um, they, the owners want the name riders. They don't want some Yahoo from Penn national riding their horse in a big race. If they don't know who he is. So, uh, it makes it difficult, um, building those connections and, and getting trust, I guess, from people that don't really know you well.
3: So going off of that, how do you feel that, um, your latest win, you know, this is a really big deal, right? So how do you feel that that could pivot kind of your positioning on where you would want to go
1: next? Um I, I mean so far it's actually I've gotten a little bit of attention. Uh, not a ton, but I'm actually flying to golf this weekend um to ride for Safi Joseph uh all weekend. He wanted me to come down. He actually wants me to move down there, but uh I don't it's up in the air at the moment, but I don't think it's a possibility right now for my life. But I am going on this weekend to ride some stakes for him and stuff like that for on Saturday and Sunday. So as of right now, it's helped, but, um, I think being 80 to one and, and, you know, on a soft turf and circumstantial, it didn't really, I don't think it'll change a whole lot, but maybe people kind of realize that, um, a smaller riders can get it done too. And maybe it'll lead to more opportunities, um, in stake races and, you know, in other
2: bigger tracks and things like that. Yeah, I mean just even look at recently the Kentucky Derby, right? Like the
3: possibilities could be endless, which is why I think I this could be something that would really, you know, really puts you on the map. I mean, um, so I'm excited to see where you go moving forward. So for the summer, you're just gonna be uh Penn National in, in Delaware or do you have other plans in general or
1: um no like real plans and set set yeah, like I said, the room thing isn't an option, but um I'm not too sure if I want to live in Miami, but, um, yeah, I mean, the plan as of right now is to stay local and ride, you know, parks, Laurel, Delaware, um, maybe a little bit of Monmouth. And then I know the horse that I want on is potentially going in to a race in New York, uh, either Belmont or Saratoga, I think. So, um, obviously I'll go ride that horse, but no plans right now. No, one's really calling me outside of the, the golf stream stuff. So, um, I figured just play it by ear and see what happens and hopefully more opportunities arise um with trainers that are um you know looking for a change or just you know bigger name guys.
0: Yeah, I I've always been so I, I'm the type of person and I think Carson is too in a lot of ways. I think we like for me personally, I'm very much a believer that the, the lesser known riders that are winning at a big percentage, if you were to give them the same horse, if you were to give them a better stock of horse, because it's not to say that Penn national isn't a great place to race. It's just that you're going to get a little bit better stock of horse. If you go to, if you go to Kentucky or if you go to California, and if you allow them the same stuff that they do in a pen with that one writer like yourself i think in the long run you're going to benefit because all of a sudden you're going to win race they're going to win races with you right and i've always been the type of person that if i like a writer i will give them a chance when you know somebody like if you know when i was an assistant i'd be like hey why don't we give so-and-so a Uh, an opportunity maybe they can do something with this horse this horse isn't doing it with Kent or Garrett why don't we try it with this horse maybe it it gets along better with the person and um I think it's I think it's a tribute to you that uh, with your soft hands I think you can ride anything for the most part
1: yeah I I absolutely agree I think you know small track riders get overshadowed a lot um because if you're winning races at a high clip i think you can win anywhere, but given the chance, um, you know, I, I, always say good horses make good riders. Um, you put IRA and Flavian on a pan national beaten $4,000 horse. That's a 10 to one. They're going to be just like me and, and you, you know, they're not going to be any different. Um, so I, I always believe it takes the horse. It's not jockey racing. It's horse racing. Um, we can sure get them beat, but I don't believe many times, uh, a rider makes a, a huge difference. Um, I think you have to have a horse under you, you won't make them run faster than they know how to. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, get, you know, put me on, uh, some of those monsters, those guys ride. Uh, I'm just the same, uh, long as I don't mess it up, I guess with a bad trip, but, um, yeah, I think, and maybe smaller name guys, maybe want it a little more, um, we're a little Probably more hungry yeah. and, um, we, we usually don't take too many races off, like mentally you know so we're always kind of fighting for wins and trying to make money when maybe those guys are get a little um uh I, not soft but like uh
0: the resting on their laurels
1: yeah yeah complacent yeah complacent yeah. yeah exactly like they they yeah. know they're making 50 grand a week so um
3: right
1: maybe it's a little a little different but not i mean obviously flyvian and irad those guys they ride every race very well so um but yeah you know there's a lot of second guessing sometimes it seems like but no i i completely agree it's um it's all up to the horse and if you give small guys a chance and they can get it done just as well
0: i i always laugh um back back in the hollywood park days back in the mid 90s uh neil drysdale and and Frankel used to put the zormo on a couple of really nice steak And these Phillies would, these Phillies and Colts would end up getting like four horse fields, five horse fields. And Drysdale would come up to the box and he would be like, how much you wanna bet before the first turn, Kent's gonna figure out a way to get that Philly into trouble. And he's gonna be boxed in and I'm gonna have to fire him. Before anything, (laughs) before the race is even run, he's already in the box asking this. Yeah. And lo and behold, the race open, the race starts and all you hear is, I told you. And, yeah, yeah. and he, he, he already got the horse beat because he thinks he's got the best horse. But right, if you're not thinking about what can happen ahead of time, you lose.
1: Yeah, no, it, it happens a lot. Like you think the horses are a little tricky because you feel like you're on a, you feel like you're loaded and then all of a sudden you have nothing. Um, so riding overconfident uh, definitely gets you beat sometimes. It's happened to me a few times. Uh, even on a cheaper scale, you know it, it happens all the time when you think you are you have horses that go by and they just don't go by um so it definitely changes your mentality, but uh to give Kent some credit, I have seen him do pretty amazing things so um oh no, I'm not uh, yeah no he I he's love, yeah. no he's taken a lot of races off too I mean he's you know he's gotten in trouble for not pursuing and everything like that, but he uh they ran for him, I mean, he did he was something special you know, in his time yeah.
2: Carson, were you going to ask a question
0: Carson just left me.: All hey, right. I'm here.
2: No, 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 I'm here. Sorry. Um, I'm, <laughs>
3: actually, I'm actually following Safi at the sale. I'm at OBS, and I'm going to ask him who he's going to put you on first. I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, I, <laughs> he, he is here at the sale. I'm actually super excited for you to get down to Gulfstream because I think you're going to have a lot of hands grabbing for you. Um, Hopefully just like what you said take advantage of these guys that are traveling now they've uh you know they put in their hard work that's not to say that irad and jose didn't put in the hours um in the beginning but you get down to gulf stream and at least you're running your round uh i know miami's not the most ideal place to live but you've got all these barns coming in rotating through even if um you know they go up north for part of the year um and i i think it's going to be great for you and if we have to call Jose Sanchez, then we won't.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. No, I've had a couple agents call me already that, that <laughs> are close with Safi. So, um, like I said, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Um, but I'm just going to go down airfield out and, you know, see how the weekend goes. Um, but it's nice to have a trainer that wants me to come ride instead of having to, you know, kind of force my way in there and ask him to give me a chance. He's actually asking for me. So, um, that's always a great feeling.
0: So, uh- it's funny, Carson. Right? It's like, yeah. If you want, if you want Jose, we got him on speed. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because, yeah. Because the funny part is, is that when Jose was starting Santo Zinc, and he only had Raylu Gutierrez and David Cabrera, and he was, he had him at Sam Houston Race Park.
2: Yeah.
0: We interviewed him last year, Caitlin and I, uh, on the show, and we had Raylu on, and. Caitlin and I afterwards were like, you know, this is kind of unique. How are they going to be able to handle all these, these writers and tracks and all that? I, I fully, fully cannot believe that other agents, and I know why. I mean, a lot of the agents are still in the stone age, um, but I mean, other agents haven't like glommed on to the fact that they can do a lot more from home and get riders from around the country and make more money.
1: Yeah, I don't know how he does it honestly. Um, I like guess I saw that one kind of video on him or whatever about how much he, you know, handicaps and all that stuff. I don't know how he finds time to, you know, make calls and enter and handicap horses and find the best ones in the race and all this kind of stuff. And he kind of like he doesn't ride for many big big names, but they're always finding winners, which is impressive uh to me. Um so it's really cool actually and like the fact that he's doing it with, I don't know how many riders he has, seven eight nine ten 10, whatever he's got all over the country um, is pretty wild. And the fact that he can just make phone calls and, and get good horses is um, also impressive that he has that kind of, I guess, connection with people and that much uh, power really to to do that.
0: Carson.
3: I think that he just has a great relationship with everybody in the barn. So it's not just, I know part of the formula is the owners are asking for a specific writer. When you get to the larger level or the, you know, the graded stakes level, et cetera, these owners are asking for writers by name and they can at that level. Uh, but here he's put in the legwork. He's there on the backside. He's talking to the people in the barn and he's not just making a relationship with the trainer. He has a relationship with, uh, the assistant trainer. He has a relationship with the people at the track on the grounds. He has a relationship with, like you said, he's handicapping these horses. So he knows that horse almost as well as the trainer. So I think that he matches his riders up very well that way. And once the owner sees that the riders he puts up for these animals are getting results for them, then they ask for them back. So I think it's a very good um, matchmaker, if you will. You know, yeah. he watches horses, he sees their performance, he knows the style of his riders, and he sets them up for success. And then the rest of uh, the work is done on its own. The owners asks for them back. The trainer asks for the rider back. Um, and obviously, you can't deny his win percentage <clears throat> on the year.
1: Yeah, no, the numbers he put up, I think the first quarter, he put something on Twitter, were pretty unreal, really, how many races he won with his riders. Um, and that, like, the percentage that he does is... Uh, really impressive
0: and i mean i mean the other thing is is that the writers have to put in the work they don't
2: absolutely yeah you
0: know and i think if anything i mean his dad is his dad is a god amongst jockeys right
1: yeah that's what i've heard yeah
0: i mean he could have he could have easily like used that right get into barns and he didn't he did it he did it the old-fashioned way and I think that's so impressive. Yeah, he seems um, like a hustler. So, as we're wrapping up, any, any, what happened the night that you won the steak race? Did you go out have something? Did you do something fun? Did you just go home and sleep? Did you Did you do anything?
1: Uh, no, me and my girlfriend just went out and got dinner. Um, it was late, so it's like hard to find something decent. But um, we just went out to a, a local place that you know, stays open kind of late to get some normal real food and um the the work never stopped. So I had to beat the track the next day to work horses and then went to Delaware. So um no real time to do anything besides the usual. Um so yeah, nothing. We had a little cookout a couple of days ago. Um just family and friends came over and just hung out and did whatever, but no real uh celebration.
0: Well it's Been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I, I've been a fan of yours uh, since I started watching tape on Penn National and have seen how you ride. And I always wanted to get you on, and I always thought that there was never a way to get you on because every week something new happened with with horse racing news. And finally, you became the news. And
2: yeah, yeah, it's it's nice to be part of
0: it. Man, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I've never seen so many degenerate gamblers just, like, shocked at an 82-to-1 shot.
1: I know. Uh, Yeah, usually I'm the one getting hate messages and death threats and everything else. But lately, it's been pretty good. Uh, I guess I've been treating them a little better, I guess, recently. So, um, yeah, it was pretty wild. On on paper, I had zero chance to win. But um, the stars aligned, I guess. It worked out.
0: Hey, the trainers always know more than than the rider. Apparently, right? Yeah, seems I right. mean, <laughs> I, I should have said it that way. Hold up, yeah. trainers know better than, know more than, than the, the
3: better. Yeah,
0: than the better, not the rider. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh,
3: all right, mean. so going forward, Tyler, you have to let us know when you've got a live one, right?
0: <laughs> oh, I
1: hate that question. People ask me all know, the time who to bet on. Yeah, you time. like jinx
3: yourself, right? Yeah,
1: every time I'm like, I'm not telling you who to bet mm. <laughs> <laughs> had the horses i ride i wouldn't bet with your money so um, <laughs> right exactly you
2: know,
0: what i used to tell people when they used to see me uh lead a horse in to the race is they would ask me when i get to the window they're like so do you like your horse i'm like well you know i kind of like the horse but you know it all depends on whether or not she has enough gas left and if she has enough gas left then yeah she'll win the race but if she doesn't then you know, I don't know what to t- tell you because, you know, the mortar breaks on her after about a quarter of a mile. Right, I, yeah. I remember that happened one time at Santa Anita with a horse called Speedy Edna, and she won and paid like $60. And this one guy who I knew was like, you told me not to bet her. I said, no, I didn't. I said, I thought she could win, but she doesn't have the motor to go that far, and she just happened to be able to have enough gas to finish. Right. You yeah. You have to make your decision on whether or not you want it to bet or not.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Yep. Nancy, any last thoughts?
2: lose Nancy again? I'm here. You guys I got was... all my, you guys got most of my
0: questions. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Well, Tyler, it's been a pleasure. We'll have you on again. I do want to have us, um, uh, and I told this to, uh Jermaine Bridgman I really would like to have like a spaces one day where y'all aren't writing and we could get uh as much as I hate Twitter but uh as far as the Twitter people but I would love to get a couple writers on to be able to discuss races while they're going on to tell people what's going on because I think a lot of times you guys don't you guys don't get a fair shake sometimes on on stuff that happens in a race Right, because yeah. People just see what they want to see and they don't, they don't see the things that they need to see.
2: Absolutely, yes.
0: <laughs> so if you'd want to be a part of that one day, we can do that.
1: Yeah, just let me know. I'm pretty willing to do anything. Um, so yeah, uh, just hit me up whenever and we'll get something worked out.
0: All right. Thanks for coming on.
2: Yeah, thank you Thank you, guys. you. good luck. It.